You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg. It's President's Day today, hence the yep. quietness of the market, Sir David. There's a few things that we need to talk about later. But speaking of presidents, Mr. Biden, President Joe Biden, flew to Kiev. They decided on Friday, and he flew there, arrived this morning or late last night, whatever it was. He's got in, he's got out, he's now going to Poland. But I was watching him again. I was watching him with Zelensky. And at one point, it looked as though President Zelensky wanted to hold his hand because he doesn't move his arms. He walks without moving his arms and he just looked as yeah. though he's going to trip over at any stage, which yeah. is quite normal for an 80-year-old-plus man. Yeah. But it is becoming yeah. a little bit concerning to me. I like the Democrats, but the leadership, I don't uh, think, can go on uh, for another term, personally. I, it, it's very hard because you can see his old and... Credit to him, he's trying hard. There's not a day that goes by that he's not talking. He's not, he's not spontaneous. He's actually, uh, he has to be prepared. Mm. You know, he can't talk off the cuff. He's, there's no Obama, Bill Clinton, or any of the other. Um, I think Bush was like that as well. Mm. But I mean, so, and, and Trump would just go on and talk nonsense. Mm. You know, he would just talk rubbish. <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, credit to him for making moves like this. You know, at a time, a year, it's a year ago that uh, they were invaded. And, um, you know, for him is a, a sign of solidarity and I think a very strong message, you know, to the world, um, particularly uh, at, at this time, you know, on the anniversary. You know, we're behind him and I think he has done a lot to unify um, not only America or the allies against, uh, against Putin. So it's, it's, it's a strong show. Um, that's, but, but, um, I, I, you know, he's, he's also supporting with weapons and so on. So it goes on, but I mean, I, you know, credit to him. He's an old man to make a bold move like that uh, at a time like that, you know, uh, you have to applaud him. And let's face it, it's not the easiest job in the world. I mean, obviously there's a a good deal of delegation because of his age and everything, but Mm. he still has to stand up there. He still has to make speeches and he's still... Just slurring mm. a little bit more than I've noticed before, yeah. and um, I'm, I'm sorry. I hope someone. I hope they've they've behind the scenes. They're making a I succession got, plan because uh, I don't know if Kamala Harris is up to the job. I think what they'll do is they'll wait to see what the uh, Republicans are doing. Yeah, you know, and and that seems to be a race that is very interesting as well. Um, you know, it's going to develop. Trump hasn't got it his own way, and I don't think people want. He's lost a lot of big support. I was just reading on the week yeah. weekend, you know, the Koch brothers, um, what's his name, a Schwartzman, um, the um, <laughs> my guy. I can picture the people from from the other head. The previous supporters of the Republican Party yeah. and, and yeah, previous supporters wealthy, of Trump. Yeah, yeah, you know, Schwartzman is is uh, Black Blackstone. I think, yeah. So these are wealthy men who were behind him as well, who have just kind of withdrawn support and said, we're not going to support him. Um, so there's, you know, there's, um, he hasn't got the kind of support that he, that he thought he had or used to have. And these were big names. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it, who's going to, who's going to come through? They're talking about the Santos, but, uh, uh, it's not quite clear. So I think once, 
the Democrats know who they're against, I think, or can see, then I think they'll decide upon that. But he could beat he could beat Trump, as old as he is. I really would would like to think so because um, as, there isn't really anybody. I mean, you talk about DeSantis coming in, but when you think of the Democratic Party, who's there? Who's waiting in the wings? Who's young and vibrant and intelligent and plausible? Who's going to appeal to the American uh, uh, voter? Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Sorry, I had a very interesting um, interview, or rather chat, with a chap from the United States in Rotterdam on Friday afternoon. He's been on the board of three NYSE-listed companies. And I said to him at the end, because we were sort of interviewing each other, I said, uh, I need to ask you one question now. And it's not really a question, it's just a word. I said, Trump. And he said, I've been a Republican all my life. And at the last election, I had to vote Democrat because of this man. He is an abomination of, of a oh. human being. He said, in fact, I think he said he was a gross derivative of a human being and should never, <laughs> e should, should never ever be allowed. And this is a staunch Republican. Yeah. I mean, this geezer's from yeah. Denver, Colorado. And when you see yeah. him, you know he's an American and mm. he's highly intelligent, but he just, it's out the window. And I think there's mm. maybe quite a few people with intelligence that, I, that are feeling yeah. that way. You know, the other, the other big story, mm. um, as they start to position themselves for, uh, you know, for, for next year, it's 2024, mm. um, as they start to, even though it's like 18 months or a lot more, uh, you're starting to see a similar move against the very left-leaning Democrats and their wokeness. Oh, you mean uh, the Bernie Sanders Brigade? Of, yeah, that lot. Well, that kind of way, and also... Uh, you know, the gender issues around gender, issues around forcing uh, identity and so on. And um, I think people are getting a little um, angry about it, angry about having to I say, you know, having to uh, sign statements and that before they take it seriously, you know. And you, you find it, um, it, it, it's this, in fact, I saw it in the UK as well. Yes. And, um, but there's quite a lot of, uh, you know, not anger, but a backlash against that as well. And I think the Democrats realize it and say, hold on a sec, you know, we have to move towards the center, otherwise we're going to blow this at a time when the Republicans are faltering. So I, I, I read this weekend, uh, Roald Dahl, you know, that they've rewritten all his books. Oh, yes. What, they sanitize Netflix. Oh, I don't know where Netflix comes in. They've They've rewritten, because you know Roald Dahl, the yes, children's I writer? of course. I mean, he was uh, Charlie and the Ch Chocolate Factory, those kind of stories. You know, he was James always James and the Giant Peach, so, all those things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he was fearfully ugly or something like that. You know, he would, you know, he, he had a description which was the way that people act normally and would, would describe things. All those have been uh, taken out. You know, you can't say a man's tiny. You'll say he's small, you know. So it's been sanitized to to accommodate uh, what is accepted now, and 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 it is just craziness. I mean, people are people are natural; they're normal. This mm -hmm. is how they talk. You know, sometimes you, uh, you, you you're not allowed to call anybody an idiot anymore. You can't. You can't. There's so many things that are just that we were brought up with. You know, you've got to watch every word. You've got to watch how. You know, there's no men anymore. You know, there's no more men or women. It's pe people or persons. You know, so I think um, 
I, I think there's a backlash against this as well. And uh, so a lot of children's books are being written. A lot of books are being written, which kind of reflected the time. You know, this is how people thought. This is this was in their heads. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that line because no, I'm going to no, be cancelled. So you, you're going to, I will um, not be allowed it's a, it's on your show anymore. It's a anymore. minefield. You can say what you know what yeah. you like as far as I'm concerned. But the recent one that really shocked me, I'm not a religious person. I'm not a man of faith. But, you know, when I was a kid in a Church of England primary school, we learnt the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven? I think they started with, did they say which or who? No, it was which art in heaven. <laughs> Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Uh, done. <laughs> and, and so it went on. Now they're saying, no, not our father. You can't say our father because that's gender specific. That's, gen <laughs> that, that, that's gender stereotyping. Our entity or something they want to say now. <laughs> come on now. Grow up. Um, David, speaking about growing up, let's get on to business now. And let's, we'll come to the Stock Exchange News Service in a moment. How was your reading this weekend, apart from what you've just alluded to? I, you know, quite interesting. I mean, um, a lot around inflation. And, and it's a message coming across now. And this is what I wanted – this is what I found interesting, is that um, the economists came out uh, giving an explanation of inflation but also saying – you know, the same kind of message, uh, uh, buy, buy stocks, you know, investors uh, setting themselves up for disappointment by buying the market. You know, there, there's still a lot of inflation left in the, in, in the system and so on. You know, the same message, JP Morgan, all, the, all these uh, strategists are coming out and saying, um, you're going to be disappointed, markets are going to come down, so on. And there's a reasonable amount of uh, uh, belief around this. You know, one, we, we're all cautious but concerned about the numbers as they come out. But then I picked up an article which was also in the FT. Yes. And it wasn't a highlight. It wasn't a big one. But it, what it did is it, it explained that in the U.S., 25% um, now are individuals back in the market. And, um, you know, the same as we had the Robin Hooders two years ago when they were bored. Yeah. This time it's older people. This time it's plus 60 people with money that are actually either buying funds or buying stocks. Okay. And a huge – which was interesting because they're, they're, they've got the money. They've got the retirement money. They are retiring. Either they're having fun at home or taking control of their own accounts. Alternatively, they're giving instructions, you know. I don't want bonds. I, you know, I want a little more exciting. I want to own stocks or I want to own equity funds and that. So I found that very interesting. And Thomas Petterflies, who, who owns Interactive Brokers, he's an enormously wealthy man. No. A man. And uh, he, you know, Interactive Brokers is probably one of the most popular channels at the moment where you handle your own accounts and that super successful business. And he said, listen, we've, We've added 23% more accounts, you know, individual accounts, people opening, doing their own thing. So there is, um, there is that to contend with. And these are not kids. You know, this time they're buying Tesla. They're buying uh, some of the big techs. They, you know, they're not, they're not just taking a company and saying, we're going to jack this up. They've been buying Coca-Cola, AT&T, some of the dividend payers. And that. So I found that particularly interesting. Uh, that because I couldn't get my 
handle on why was the market going up? Who's buying against all these kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, warnings? You've still got the youngsters there, the Robin Hooders. Okay, but obviously that went a little bit sour. So they're licking their wounds. So it was like the tourism industry. Do you remember the the silver dollar? You know, these people, they've retired. They've made a, a, a pile of cash. They've got nothing to do. They're sitting at home in Oklahoma watching the cows come home. And then suddenly they think, oh, wait a second. Let's go to Europe, darling. And they go to Europe and they spend that money. Now they're spending on the stock market okay. from what you're saying. It's the same phenomenon. Well, listen, I, I just I made a few notes. It says um, retail investors are pouring record amounts into U.S. stocks. Mm-hmm. Bets are more widespread than during lockdown. Flows of retail cash driving the 2023 recovery. Small investors put an unprecedented $1.5 billion to work each day over the past month. Dangerous. Retail investors account. Well, listen, retail investors account up to 25% of all stock trading, which is a record. Tesla is also on, you know, they're buying Tesla, they're buying Coca-Cola, AT&T, bolstered by older investors. You know, uh, uh, older investors prefer to invest in funds than individual stocks. But they're snapping up small stocks, big tech names, still a lot of money in market money funds. That can be be deployed. Hmm. Still, what they're saying is still a huge amount. So that's a quote. You know, that's not me. That's a quote from uh, from the FT this weekend. You know, this uh, one of the which which gives me some kind of idea of why these markets are gone up. Is it sustainable? You know, we don't know. I wouldn't brush them aside. You know, I wouldn't brush that kind of money. And in this case, I think it's more quality than it was before. So, so watch, you know, just 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 watch the flows. That's interesting. It really is interesting because if they are going for the high quality stocks, yeah. everybody knows the Coca Colas, the really big tech stocks that have a track record and a solid balance sheet and relatively uh-huh. good management and all that sort of thing. Whereas the Robin Hooders were, they were looking for a really big yeah. quick kill, weren't they? They were ganging up on a company yeah. and saying, yeah. "We're going to short the you know what out of this company," yeah. and and then yeah. we'll buy it back later on but the silver dollar mm. is going for responsible stuff yeah. it's just they maybe mm. don't want to pay the fees that they're charged by a traditional brokerage house maybe it's that right. whatever mm. but they're also they're doing their own thing as well which is quite interesting and this yes. they've got money the baby boomers that are retiring have got money you know so um I th- you know, the fact that that these are you know these are not my quotes so I, I found it very interesting that that um, Petterfly, I think his name is, um, you know, that, that he said, "Listen, we've had you know so many new accounts being opened and so on." That's good. Anyway, we'll watch. You know, one's going to watch. I don't, I don't expect anything to happen uh, at the moment. You still need something to happen on the inflation front to get this market. Uh, uh, you know, to keep it going. Something not, you know, not a, not a dramatic fall, but you need. We need some big news. So I'm still positioning myself for, you know, volatility uh, over the next couple of months. Um, I'm hoping it can, at best, uh, Lindsay, I just hope it can hold, you know, that we don't see any major crack. I don't think so. I can't see it unless uh, mm-hmm. inflation uh, is, is too stubborn to warrant yeah. stabilisation of interest rates. That's the only thing. We know what drives the markets, the price of money and earnings in my simple world. Mm. Uh, if the price of money keeps on going up, then that's it, a problem, not only from the funding mm. point of view for the companies you're investing in, but also for you know your mortgage. Uh, if you've got a mortgage, a bond rather, interest rates go up, that's more money being sucked out of your disposable income every month. Mm. Most people mm. do have mortgages. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, 
that's just me, David. Let's have a look at the Stock Exchange News Service. Yeah. I've got a number of companies written down here. Do you remember mm -hmm. Impact? Do you remember when we used to speak to Kunzer yeah, yeah, yeah. Impact? Yeah. I noticed yeah. their numbers came out today, and I don't know how much trade there's been, but the first print I saw... Uh, was about 8.2% higher. Yeah. And it seems to be stuck at 8.2% up at the moment, which says that maybe there's not been much trade. But obviously it was well-received, the trading statement. You know, I, I try to make sense of it. <laughs> um, I haven't got a – I've got a background on what they're doing, but there were so many ifs and buts, and last year we had this, we sold it and so on, and prices going up, prices going down. So you say, hold on. You know, you've got to really concentrate to do this one or to go through it. But nevertheless, I think what they, what when you read it, you get a, a a better view of the market. You know, there's a good demand for container board and carton board, which they produce, and uh, also, you know, they were able to get slightly higher selling prices in their paper division. So there were a couple of positives that came through, and I think that's what the what the market responded to. You can't because they sold a business. And this is where the complications come in. You know, last year the business uh, was on for sale. Therefore, uh, it was in a certain category. This year it's been sold. So uh, it can distort the numbers. So we've got to wait for the final numbers to come through. So, you know, today, honestly, uh, Lindsay, accounting is so difficult to understand. It, <laughs> I, I really – no, I mean it. It's oh. because of all the – the normalized earnings and core earnings and things like that as well. You know, if you go through discovery results as well, you get a similar things. When you look at the earnings, they were down. But when they normalized, you know, they were up nicely in that. So you say, well, hold on a sec. Just show me the cash book. You know, I want to know what cash came in. How did it come in? Who did it come in from? Where was it spent? You know, what have you got left? I think for me, that's the only thing that will give me an idea of, of how a business is going because it's uh, you can do what you like with the earnings today. Did they come out today? When did they come out? I'm looking at my uh, discovery on Friday. Oh, on Friday, Friday. Yeah, yeah, I was away on Friday yeah. afternoon. Okay, good. There was an earnings report in them. It was a trading update. It's coming out. The results and so many other results are coming out this week, which is during the uh, budget. You know, budget is the big event of Wednesday, oh, yeah. and a lot of results coming out. So anyway. All right. Um, what else have we got here? Wilson Bailey Homes of Confer. And Plats. For yeah. the trading it was stand. Plats out this yeah, morning. just get rid of the rats and mice now. No, not, 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 being, not being oh, disrespectful. Yeah. Jasco came out with a trading statement. Okay, it's a 12 cent share, but it's, it was up 9.1%. We no need to talk about that. But as you quite rightly say, we've done impact. Mm. Wilson Bailey Homes of Con. No, City Lodge came out with one before we go to yeah. Amplats. It's such an interesting company i got a note from investec today about tourism numbers which i normally brush aside but i'd love to see what the trend has been since covid restrictions were lifted i would imagine despite the horrific pricing of tickets from europe and america to cape town and johannesburg i would imagine they're bowling along quite nicely uh, they were they were good numbers the market uh, had discounted them they were down market sold the market in the share price down two and a half percent but there's been a lot of anticipation so um you know once more um, they 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 did show the results and i think in this way it's correct to do this um they would have got a business interruption claim which is really a settlement you know because their business was uh, hurt by COVID, so, yeah. so they've excluded it but still uh, results up quite dramatically. They they reckon earnings will be 12 and 12.6 to 14.6 um, cents per share versus a loss of 5.9 last time. So 
big turnaround, but I think largely anticipated. But it's you know, Lindsay, this is a this was a good business. And mm. what the first thing I did was go to the chart. And unfortunately I've got a long term chart. Uh, I didn't want to adjust it. Back five years ago, um this share price was what, a hundred and sixty eight or one six eight zero zero. It's now four eight oh. So it gives you an idea how this company was absolutely beaten up by, you know, by two years of COVID, by uh, restrictions on travel, et cetera. That, you know, this will thrash their balance sheet. And today you've got a balance, you know, they had to borrow money. They're, um, they have a market cap now of about 3 billion rand, which was considerably higher than that. So uh, a very tragic a very tragic, you know, casualty of 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 COVID. No one came to their help. No. <laughs> Government didn't hand out or do anything like that or anything. And um, you know, these were re- these were real casualties of what we what we've been through. They're going through similar issues at the moment. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember when it was really buoyant and they had a very flamboyant? I think he was German. Was it Hans mm. Enderley? Was in charge? Hans Enderley. Yeah. Swiss, I think he was Swiss. Oh, was yeah. He? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did very well. He built up a really good brand. I mean, you, if you go to a city Brilliant. lodge, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get yeah. a coffee machine, a good clean room, very yeah. basic stuff, and a, at a reasonable price. That's what you want. Yeah, and that's for travellers. Mm. It's not a it's not a holiday resort. It's not the kind of it's not the kind of hotel you'd go there if you want to uh, go on vacation or mm. on holiday. So it's a Monday to Thursday, you know, and. Uh, on the weekends, it's they're probably empty. Probably now they give bargains and whatever, but um, that's that's what it was designed for. And people, you know, people will probably start travelling again. And they had various categories. I think town, city, road, lodge, you know, hmm. designed for the for the business traveller. It was a brilliant model. Very very good. Lovely company. Yes, indeed, and hopefully better times will come. Um, I'm just looking at Anglo-American Platinum's uh, numbers now. I just want to read a couple of sentences because it sort of sums up the mining industry. We've got a monopoly in this product, e.g. Platinum Group Metals. It says, our refined production for the year of 3.8 million PGM ounces was despite a significant delay to our first Polokwane smelter rebuild in 12 years. So there's a delay there. The delay was due to the delivery of substandard materials, highlighting the need for our increased focus on supply chain reliability. That's a big problem in South Africa, supply yeah. chain reliability. Yeah. And it goes on, yeah. next paragraph, despite lower sales in 2022, our EBITDA was 74 billion, driven in part by the highest rand basket prices on record. In other words, the currency factor. Our profitability was, however, impacted by above inflation cost increases in utilities and consumables. And so it goes on. This is a great business being affected by people delivering the wrong stuff to repair a smelter or rebuild a smelter. And also... Well, that's Eskin's problem. Yes, exactly. It's only been rescued by the RAND, David. Yeah, yeah. The RAND helped them. In fact, uh, as you say, they had this highest uh, basket... um, you know, PGM basket, and yet um, that couldn't help them. And, I mean, if you go through the other issues, there are plenty, you know, as as you mentioned. So the fact, I mean, and if you look at the results, it's an awful result. Yeah, terrible. Uh, absolutely awful result. I look, we've, we've discussed the share price already in the chart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's hovering. It's hovering around a level 
where from a technical point of view, if it breaks below this, um, it could, you know, could go significantly lower. So this is, um, remember a year ago, this price was about 25.20. Where were they? Yeah. 25, yeah, no, 22, 10, yeah, 25.20. They're now 11.10. So, I mean, it's been a huge drop. Sorry, 11, yeah, 11, 11, 11.0. It's more than half, in other words, yeah. It has halved. And, and, And it's, you know, this is an area, look, it's probably the time you buy platinum shares when they're completely ignored and overlooked and that, but um, there's time still to wait, you know, I, but it, it does it. Lindsay, where this is a worry, okay, mm-hmm. uh, is that where a company has halved its profit, the tax man gets half. In other words, because one of the last year when we um, ran over our budget, in other words, collected more than they were budgeting, yes. a lot came from the miners. In an exceptional year, all of that's going to be given back. Hmm. So I think these, you know, where a company reports numbers like this, and we've seen it from most of the companies, other companies, yeah, it's a worry. So this budget coming up on Wednesday is going to reflect yeah. the demise, or the uh, yeah. demise is maybe too dramatic a word to use, but it's going to reflect the shifting fortunes of the mining industry yeah. in South Africa. Hmm. There might be a delay. You know, because sometimes tax collections are lagged, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, you might only find it coming down the line. Um, you only pay your tax a few months later, although you might be you're paying provisional taxes all along the way. But it is an issue. You know, it's, it's, it's a big issue for the fiscus that, that we've seen this happening. You know, we've seen this collapse of, uh, of mining prices and so on. So, yeah. And, and understand that, that, Unlike uh, Anglo-American, because Anglo-Americans got operations in South America, you pay the tax where you mine. Yeah. You don't pay the tax here. So, you know, you pay your tax where the operations are. And uh, South Africa's, you know, the big operations here are either the coal companies or uh, the platinum companies. You know, gold is no longer a force. So it's a very important. Interesting to see the Anglo-American Anglo-Platinum is down on the daily share price, but Anglo-American PLC, mm. if my screen is not incorrect, is up nearly 4%. I know. I, I, is that I, a I, I don't know what the story is. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the impact is because from about 2.30, we were actually in negative territory or just above, sorry, in slightly positive territory at 2.30. And from that point, we've just shot up. Yeah. And, you know, with America's close, I'm not quite sure what the story is. Why, um, you know, what, why, what, why it's up like it is. In Akumba, we saw um, iron ore prices have picked up in, in China this morning. Um, yes. I don't know where it is, about 126, or I'll get it now in a second. But, um, you know, that might be a story. But, I mean, why did we react so late? Why did we react to 2.30 and not earlier in the morning? I'm just looking. Yeah, iron ore, yes, 1.30. Yeah. So one thing it's been it's been around the one twenty five dollar mark or one thirty per ton. So it is a higher price, uh, but but you know if it was so the market was very why it reacted that late I don't know. Nor do I. Um, what else have we got here? No, we've covered everything, David. I think no, so. You're still no. sitting on the fence. 
I hope you don't sit on the fence when it comes to our football analysis because the most frustrating game I've seen all season was Nottingham Forest against Manchester City. City yeah. had 23 <laughs> shots on target, not just shots, on target, David, six of which were open goals that they I'm missed. And I'm then Nottingham Forest had one I'm shot on target the whole game and they scored with it. I was yeah. very distraught at this. this no, this, you had to be. It was terrible. I, I, the one, the one, the biggest mess, I mean, because there were a few. But, uh, not even that. I think when Foden didn't pass to, to Haaland. Through, yeah. He didn't pass to Haaland. Or it was a, a mispass. He underpassed it, you know, just like... He got tangled And, and it was intercepted. Yeah, he got tangled up. Oh, I was in tears. You know, you don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> that that to me was, uh, you know, because you can understand when Haaland, I mean, he, he hit the post and then it, it bounced and he was, he was you know, he, he couldn't get on top of it. So it's going to happen. It, was, uh, it, it wasn't that easy. But uh, mm. Foden one was a big mess. That's horrible. Shame, but I mean, you can't believe it. I mean, it, well, it's, it's, way that it's, it's quite it's, unremarkable. Yeah. It is working. Oh. I mean, the luck went against City, and it, yeah. it was not luck. I mean, there's no such thing as luck. It was, it was just their profligate uh, finishing. Any other yeah. week, yeah. they would have put three of those yeah. uh, chances in. It would have been four nil and wrapped up after yeah. sixty minutes. But then Arsenal, that shot that hit the bar and then hit the goalkeeper's head, it's her own goal. You can laugh. That was really cruel. That wasn't unlucky, it was cruel. Okay, go look back. No. And uh, (laughs) there was one David Rowe Castle for Arsenal. Yeah. Hit hit a shot past Gary Bailey, who was in goals for Man United. Hit the bar, came back, bounced on Gary Bailey's head, into the back of the net. So, mm. I've, I, that, 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 you know, all remarkable. David Rowcastle against Gary Bailey. And I, whenever that was, when would that be in the 1980s? Yeah, definitely 80s, yeah. Or something, early 1980s. And that. Never forget that. And this is the only, this is the second time I've seen it, you know, that, that happened. And, and poor old um, Martinez, his ex-Arsenal goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, and and they were they, they should never have he's he's the one thing because they had Leno instead of him and he left correctly so I thought he would have got a better position than uh, Aston Villa but it just shows you and uh shame man uh, yeah, what, 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 what do I, and a hero hero of the world cup <laughs> anyway and Chelsea <laughs> this is a disaster he's not gonna last no, no. He's gone. He's finished. They're he just trying won't. to find someone. Yeah. I thought it would be yeah. Saturday night yeah. after the defeat against yeah. Southampton. My brother's a oh. season ticket holder. He said to me, Lindsay, I've never, ever seen in my whole life. I mean, apart yeah. from the Kerry Dixon days and, and when Chelsea mm. really were rubbish. Yeah. Uh, in recent times, since Abramovich, it's the worst game I've ever seen. They were booed yeah. off at halftime. Yeah. They were booed off royally at full time. And I just said, well, don't worry. You've got a new manager soon. But I think the problem yeah. is you can't get a new manager mid-season. Um, at the moment, they've all got appointments to the end of the thing. So, so that's the yeah. reason he's still in his position. But Ted Bowley must he, be he gnashing sh- his American teeth. He should never have been there in the first place. Definitely not. Uh, you know, um, Brighton and Hovell, he did a brilliant job on that, but he wasn't for Chelsea. Definitely and uh, I don't know, a huge waste of money. But they, they spent billions. I mean, they spent multi, multi millions. Yeah, they spent uh, hundreds anyway, of millions was, uh, on players boom. that are, are quite simply not I don't worth know what it. to do. Like um, well, you, you Enzo, know, Enzo no, you, Hernandez. 
Goodness me. Yeah. What a waste of money that is. The Ukrainian geezer. <laughs> Rubbish. Well, they should never they should have given him to Arsenal, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean and and because uh, Arsenal were after him, said, Okay, that's enough, give it and he's lost. Doesn't he's know what lost. he's doing. If you don't if it doesn't know. If you don't feed him, if you don't give him the right ball, what can he do? Mm. I don't, anyway. Anyway. Just very quickly, That's David, it. before we mm. go, you mentioned Gary Bailey. I love Gary Bailey mm. because Ipswich beat Manchester United in 1979-1980. Yes. They beat them 6-0. I mean, those were the glory days of Ipswich Town. But the backdrop to that is that Ipswich missed three penalties in that game. So it could have been 8-9-0, nine, <laughs> and Gary Bailey saved all three. They didn't miss them. Gary Bailey saved I haven't... them. Awesome. I haven't seen or heard of him for a long time. I think he went to the you know, States. Was, His marriage broke up and he? he ran off to the United oh, States. I didn't know that. Yeah, something happened to oh. him. But he was good. No, he was. Mm. I enjoyed him. He was a lovely chap. Yeah. And uh, always always friendly, always good to chat. And uh, oh, yeah. But, but go look at that. Rogue Castle hitting the bar. Off the back of Bailey's head into there for okay. an Arsenal goal. I'm going to do that, <laughs> and I'm going to send you Gary Bailey saving three penalties. Okay, so that's the deal. Okay, okay, David. Thank you very much. All right, we'll lovely. speak tomorrow. Cheers, that's David Shapiro, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.